It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Raptors. Sean with you here as always. And on today's show, we are joined as we always are on Mondays by Vivek Jacob of Raptors.com to break down a wild weekend of extremes for your Toronto Raptors. They suffered their worst loss of the season on Friday to Detroit, followed it up with their best win of the season in Milwaukee against Giannis and the Bucks. We're going to break it all down with our biggest takeaways. We're going to talk about that Fred Siakam pick and roll, which seems basically unstoppable right now. Plus, we got our due to the game. Dudes of the game, that is. I have to pluralize correctly here. Got those to hand out at the end of the show as well. That's all coming up on today's episode of Lockdown Raptors. Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on? Welcome to episode number 1098 of Locked On Raptors for Monday, January the 17th. A very snowy, blustery Monday if you're in southern Ontario, at least. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked On Raptors. And, of course, you can follow, subscribe to, rate, or review the podcast on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Please go do it, whether it's Google, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, anything in between. Plus, you can always go to YouTube and subscribe for free as well just hit that big red button it's very much appreciated we're at like 1460 now i think in terms of total subs which is wonderful so thank you to everyone who has subscribed and thank you in advance for those who plan to in the future and thank you as always for making locked on raptors your first listen of the day all right let's dig into it a loaded weekend where the raptors suffered their worst loss of the year and picked up their best win of the year and vivek jacob from raptors.com is here to break it all down. It is very Monday over here. Once again, Big V, how's it going, pal? Not bad, not bad. Staying in, staying safe. Just uh, enjoying the view of the snowfall. And uh, yeah, I uh, will not be venturing outside uh, in the <laughs> near future. The fear with which you're looking out of what I'm assuming is a window in front of you is yeah. uh, is pretty palpable. So, yeah, I, I am a personally a snow boy. I like the snow. I like to cross country ski a little bit. I like to, you know, get up and have a little snow walk or whatever it might be. But uh, this is too much. As I look out the window, I can't see the cars in the alley behind me. So uh, that's mm. a problem. That's not good. Uh, <laughs> so. I'm not looking forward to shoveling. I'm waiting for my neighbor to potentially uh, take it upon himself upstairs to go and do it. But uh, the first thing <laughs> I, I think you're not saw, a snowboy. The first it? thing I saw when I came over to my desk here um, was basically I uh, I have a view of like there there's a like my condo driveway mm-hmm. leading out uh, mm-hmm. and it's the back entrance and and there was this car just stuck and just trying to you know reverse back reverse and then go forward reverse back go forward um, had to do that. Yeah, obviously, I just watched the whole time. Um, 
<laughs> but eventually, no, no got, good Samaritaning today. Come on, V. Uh, eventually, they got out there. Uh, so, so they got out of it. They got out of it. That's the important thing. No, I'm not a snow boy. I mean, listen, when you spend, uh, you know, the, your formative years in Dubai and India, it's this is this is not. <laughs> you don't become a snow boy. That's for sure. Fair enough. Uh, on the topic of snow, the Raptors on Friday seemed as though they were maybe stuck in it a little bit against the Detroit Pistons. They got buried 103-87 in a very, very ugly, no good game that we probably don't need to linger on too, too much. They followed that up, of course, with their win against the Bucks on Saturday, which was just a delight from start to finish, except for the 16-2 start, I suppose, for the Bucks. But everything else was awesome. Uh, Vivek, we should start where we usually start on Mondays here. A couple of games to break down, lots to dig into in terms of negative potential takeaways, really positive potential takeaways for you. What is your biggest takeaway from this weekend of Raptors action where they picked up a very, very bad loss and an incredible victory? Uh, biggest takeaway is, you know, when the when the defense is clicking, it's, it's really clicking. And the, the fact that it can get to... Uh, the level it showed against Phoenix, the level it showed mm-hmm. uh, against the Bucks in that second half, I think is really encouraging. Um, I think the team uh, has a lot of confidence right now. And mm-hmm. like you can see it and, and they've said it a few times as well. Like, you know, when they're playing their best basketball, they feel like they can, you know, look eye to eye with anyone and at the very least compete. Right. Mm hmm the the chips will fall fall where they may uh with the results but you know those were two very competitive games against last season's nba finalists and yeah uh when you have i asked precious this you know like uh and he said yeah there's just a different swagger to the team when pascal's playing like this so right so yeah I think it's a uh, pretty encouraging overall. The Detroit thing, like, there's some weird voodoo stuff going on there. Yeah, fake games don't count. From, yeah, it's yeah. all under the guise of uh, voodoo uh, and magic that we can't possibly understand. So yeah. I'm not going to even try to dive into it. Uh, <laughs> really bad, really bad game. There's no two ways about it. But yeah, that Bucks game for me. I mean, look. It, there's still uh, like four weeks for the, until the trade deadline or so. I guess just under four weeks. I do think this past week with the game against the Suns, with the six game winning streak that preceded it, and then the game against the Bucks to kind of cap off this stretch of play with no Gary Trent Jr., with no Scotty Barnes, just confirms to me that like this team is good enough that I would be very, very disappointed, I think, if the front office didn't take steps to address its biggest weaknesses, which is, of course, secondary scoring and punch off the bench. And I feel like that's a low stakes enough thing to address via trade where you're probably not going to have to spend too, too much in terms of future capital or like premium future picks or anything like that. I think it's reasonable enough to say that if they right now don't try to add around this Siakam, Fred and OG trio, which is clearly doing something pretty special. I I think it's probably a bit of a missed opportunity. Does that, is that too strong a take about the, like the, the, the plan at the deadline here, big, Big V, like, or are you also on the same side where it's like, why not? Like, yes, you're ahead of schedule. Yes, you don't want to, you know, empty the coffers too much going into the future here. But like, 
you have a chance to be a pretty good team right now and maybe make it to a four, the four, five, six seed or something like that if things go well. I think it's worth potentially giving up a little bit of the future to compliment today, especially if you can get a guy who's going to be around beyond just this season. What say you? Well, I don't know if they're necessarily, you know, going to creep into that conversation for the four seed or the five seed. Um, maybe not. That's maybe maybe too rich. But and so when I look at the six seed potential, is is you know the adding that scoring punch off the bench going to change a series against the Nets or the Bucks or the Heat? Uh, probably not. Um, I'm, I'm watching snow literally drop off the top of the Rogers Center right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, you know, Chicago is obviously going to be a very tough team to beat. So mm -hmm. I don't know if the playoff ceiling changes with that move. Um, so it would be, have to be a very specific type of upgrade because again, you know, you have to stay under that luxury tax. Yeah, uh, I, I think that would be above all else in terms of the Raptors priorities because of the windfall that would be coming from it um, for the teams that stay under the luxury tax. Uh, so if there's, you know, a nice, you know, swap where everything is kept in line, then sure, you either address that or you get, you know, a seven footer that you have as an option that you can use um, in a series. But yeah, uh, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not yet fully sold on the Raptors absolutely have to help this team right now. That's fair. And like, I don't think there's a right or wrong sort of way to go about it. I would counter with like, I don't think a move is necessarily just about like making a push for this season, right? Like, I don't think you're going to get a rental necessarily, but that's why two guys I talked about on last week's shows, like when we did the Tuesday uh, sort of primer for trade season, like Terrence Ross, Eric Gordon will be around next year. And I think those guys are important, not just to help them push and sort of fill in the holes on what this team is right now, but also just ensure that there's like a good environment for development for the entire team going forward. Because right now, as amazingly as Pascal Siakam is playing, and we'll get to Pascal and Fred Van Vliet in a sec because they have been incredible. Like as awesome as he's been, like there's a lot with this roster that makes it difficult for the best version of guys to be seen. In particular, I'm thinking Scotty Barnes, right? Where like he's playing with these second units he hasn't played the last couple of games, but like he's playing with these second units and he's passing to nobody. He's passing to guys who are just are not knocking anything down. If you can get someone in who can a help you push through this season and give enough support to the three guys who have been incredible basically every single night all season long, where night in, night out, you look at the box score and it's like, oh, those three guys really good. Everyone else like if you can get someone who's not that would be awesome. And in addition, you kind of look at next year and help that team kind of take shape a little bit more too. I'm pretty bullish on they should go and do something. What that is, I don't know. I'm not a salary cap manager. We've gone through a couple of possible iterations of deals here on the podcast. We'll continue to do so as we go forward here, but it's a, it's a fascinating conundrum for the Raptors because I don't think they expected to find themselves in this position where they're ahead of schedule. Scotty Barnes is far ahead of where we, where we thought it was going to be and they are beating and contending or competing with really good teams. But I think it's worth potentially 
betting a little bit on this group and saying, you know what, like, let's go see what we can do in the playoffs. And if not, we have a, a, a roster that's a little bit more sort of in shape for next season and we can kind of go forward with that. But um, any last thoughts on that before we carry on here? I guess my last thought was like my thought process is coming from, you know, what does Chris Boucher net you? What does, yeah. uh, you know, that Chris Boucher plus Dragic, um, maybe Malachi Flynn is involved. You know, what does that net you? If it gets you a capable shooter, uh, then I think that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure that's quite the case. And then you start moving into the Gary Trent Jr. conversation. And then right. it's like, are you giving up, you know, one of the few volume guys you have, uh, you know, to address something else? So yeah, that's where I'm kind of like, I don't know, uh, you know, if Boucher is enough to, to secure it. But I mean, hey, uh, beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. If someone sees yeah. Chris Boucher and says, that's that's a piece that we want then yeah that'd be great let me tell you the 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 uh john collins noise out of atlanta i'm not not listening to it uh <laughs> the, the the vision look let me tell you we're, we're running long but uh gary Trent jr i love you my dear friend you're the best but go cook with trey young at the backcourt bring john collins here roll out a fred john collins scotty barnes og ananobi pascal siakam starting five starting five baby the vision is complete that's for another day. We'll continue on here, Big V, and talk about Pascal and Fred Siakam with a 30-point triple-double on Saturday. Fred Van Vliet doing Fred Van Vliet things. We're going to dig into those two guys. And in particular, how the hell would you try to stop the Siakam-Fred pick-and-roll, which has basically been an automatic bucket for the Raptors lately? We'll get to that in just a second here. But first, want to tell you about our friends over at Shopify. Cha-ching! You hear that sound? That is the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business and, of course, Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big businesses so startups, uh, upstarts, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility. Shopify is here to help you get there. With Shopify, you can reach customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. You can gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting on convert conversion rates, profit margins, and beyond it's more than a store shopify grows with you this is possibility powered by shopify go to shopify.com slash locked on nba all lowercase for a free 14-day trial and get full access to shopify's entire suite of features go grow your business with shopify today go to shopify.com slash locked on nba shopify.com slash locked on nba the nba playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we continue on here with your first listen of the day, digging into the Raptors one-on-one weekend against the Pistons and the Bucks once again. And uh, we got to talk about Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Vliet. Pascal was dynamite all weekend long, even in the game against the Pistons on Friday. We'll get into his performance on that in the final segment. But 
He was really, really good in that one. Basically the only vehicle by which the Raptors found anything in the half court, which was pretty fun to watch when he had the ball. Not so much when anyone else was doing anything with it. And then on Saturday, he goes for 30, 10, and 10. Probably the best game he's played all told in his career. Maybe you could quibble with the six turnovers, but he was just unbelievable what was your sort of reaction to watching that performance unfold especially in the fourth quarter as he's kind of knocking everything in sight down just an absolute delight to watch pascal on saturday no yeah just uh the confidence right now is sky high Mm. uh i think you know every situation that's in front of him whether it's a one-on-one matchup posting up or isolated on the perimeter facing up um you know, even even those kick out threes, you can see the way he's shooting it. Like he's he's playing like, you know, let's go. Mm-hmm. We can win every game because I am gonna ball out and give us a chance. Like mm-hmm. that's literally the way he's playing. And so I love where he's at. Uh again, every time he speaks to the media, you can just see that clarity, that peace uh he has uh, in between the ears now. And I think it's great. Like We've been waiting for this uh, for a little while now. Uh, And again, you talk about how this team's sort of uh, hierarchy rolls. Mm -hmm. When Pascal is like this, it is crystal clear. (laughs) This is is the best player on the team. He is the one that, you know, creates the double teams and, and creates the mismatches. And then everyone can function off of that. So... Yeah, hopefully he can just keep it rolling all season. Yeah, he's been like just so far beyond, I think, even his 2019-20 All-NBA season. Like like the playmaking is just three, four, five levels up from what it was that season where he really wasn't asked to do that much in terms of playmaking. The assists are only up like one and a half or whatever, but like just the vision and the way that he's keeping the offense looking reasonable when he has the ball in his hands like like i said whenever he's not using a his sort of dynamism to create something for the raptors in the half court things get dicey you get over dribbling from og and no but you get you know fred van vliet seeing traps and then find a pascal siakam like it's you know it, it's been just a, an absolute treat to watch and it's really kind of fueled a really like strange and I think unexpected late game surge from the Raptors in a lot of these games, they have been this season in uh, 63 crunch time minutes, the number four offense in crunch time for NBA.com, 122.9 points per 100 possessions. That's behind only the Suns, Clippers and Bulls in crunch time. This is kind of what we saw back in 2019-20 when Siakam was doing his thing, went in second team All-NBA, and Kyle Lowry was on the other end of like those screening actions, whether it was Siakam screening for Lowry or Lowry screening for Siakam. We're basically seeing the exact same thing kind of come together here with Fred Van Vliet and Siakam, and they're running a ton of pick and roll late in games. It's become their pet play. And it's working really well because Pascal Siakam can score on the short roll. He can get to the basket. He can pick and pop. He can also handle it and create on the other end of that. And, you know, find Fred Van Vliet for pick and pops. When, you know, the Bucks were sending two Siakam in Fred's way, the other guy was finding the other guy very easily on Saturday. And it led to a lot of really good things. So I got I to gotta ask you, like this Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam pick and roll, it's looking beautiful. It's like the foundation of their offense when things matter the most. And it looks pretty damn hard to guard right now, Vivek. Like, what if you were an opposing coach? 
What's your sort of approach to stopping these guys? Because you can't really send two to Siakam because he's going to find Fred and Fred's going to knock down a three from the top of the arc. You can't really send two to Fred because he's been just fine getting the ball to Siakam on the short roll. And then you have a four on three with Pascal Siakam uh, picking you apart. That doesn't seem ideal. Siakam's getting by guys one-on-one. Fred's getting by guys one-on-one. Like, how do you guard the Siakam-Fred pick and roll if you're on the other side and you're game planning for it? Do you just kind of hope and pray? Or is there something you think teams could start doing to slow that pet play down? Um. So I, I went back and I was watching some of these clips involving Fred and Pascal. And mm-hmm. obviously there was a high level of execution from the Raptors. But um, especially when Giannis was involved as the big, I thought they were okay with their coverages. Um, like I, or at least, you know, I think that's about as, as good a job as you can do. And then, you know, let it play out from there. Um, when... When Fred's got the ball in his hands, I think uh, you got to show hard and recover quickly. There were times maybe they didn't recover as quickly as they should have, and and then that's where they get punished. Uh, and I think uh, with Pascal too, because of how he's reading it. I mean, the tough part with uh, the Bucks scenario is. Mm-hmm. Um, Giannis, obviously, mm-hmm. right? Uh, when you're looking at it from Pascal and Fred's perspective. Uh, and so I think with him, they have a lot of options. What happens when you're going up against a traditional big? If you're not pre-switching, then you're in trouble and you're in real mm-hmm. trouble. Um, mm-hmm. So I think you have to pre-switch. Uh, I, I think you have to get someone mobile out there on the perimeter. If it, like if you don't have like a really athletic big um, uh, that can move quickly. Uh, so I think... Show and recover quick is probably the best way that, that I would go at it. Um, and yeah, uh, the other options, like, yeah, Giannis is going to be able to handle a switch uh, from, you know, more often than not. But mm-hmm. not a lot a lot of teams, uh, 29 other teams don't have Giannis. So, <laughs> so that, that, that's where, you know, the problems sort of begin. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's not an easy conundrum to figure out right now with the way these guys are playing. And obviously, like if Pascal's shooting, you know, doesn't continue at the trend it's been on recently, then it becomes a little bit easier to sort of, all right, we're just going to go under and dare him to pull up or whatever. Um, but he's been really good at kind of getting to his spot at like 18 feet and pulling up from there. You know, it's all like he's just got answers for everything right now. It, you know, I, I can't remember who made the point, but someone made the point. It might have been our friend uh, Brad from Too Much Hoops, and apologies if I'm misaccrediting this, but it's basically, you know, you know you could guard Fred and Siakam is if you had a bunch of 6'9 wings and you could just, like, switch them across the board. As it happens, the Raptors have collected all of those, and so it's it's tricky to find the personnel to be able, like, yeah, the Raptors, if you were, like, to have Scotty Barnes and OG Ananobi switch on Fred and Pascal, that might just work, but it's like... It's tricky when the the personnel for other teams doesn't quite match up, and it's just it's a it's a nightmare matchup for other teams right now. And, and obviously, you know the, the Raptors have their problems in the half court, and you know over the course of a full game they're really struggling. But it's nice to know that they can get down to it in late game situations and find looks 
through those two guys. And this is coming recently without the guys who are sort of there to, you know, space the floor out and make the geometry make more sense. They're doing it right now with like three bigs just kind of floating around doing nothing. And I'm excited to see what happens when like Gary Trent Jr. gets back as they've continued to sort of work on this connection, this chemistry between Fred and Siakam, which is, of course, years old at this point. Like having the proper spacing and uh, you know floor balance around those two, I think is only going to stand to make that an even better connection. Uh, and again, another reason: imagine Terrence Ross getting catch and shoots from Pascal Siakam in the short roll and pick and rolls with Fred VanVleet. Baby, I'm excited. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I'll, okay, that's uh, my uh, one Terrence Ross mention for the day. I'll be back again tomorrow. Uh, I'll be here all week. Uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll continue on here and round the show with a couple of dudes of the game. We're going to talk a lot about how the Raptors guarded Giannis through the dude of the game on Saturday's game. And then we'll also talk about Pascal Siakam again, because as it turns out, he was very important to what the Raptors did over the course of the weekend. That's coming up in just a sec. But first, let me tell you about our friends over at Built Bar who are making the best tasting protein bars money can buy. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And if you are trying to get back on the wagon and be a healthy eater this month, Built Bars are the way to do it because they taste very indulgent. They feel like a candy bar, but they are not a candy bar at all. They contain lots of good stuff and not a lot of the bad stuff. Just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein in your average bar. Compare that with a candy bar, which usually has around twice the calories. And what is the math on this one? Seven or eight times the sugar? 30 grams of sugar? That's ridiculous. Dozens of net carbs. You don't need that. You want a built bar. It's going to help you replenish. It's going to help you, you know, fuel up for workouts, everything in between. Go and check out Built Bar today. They have tons of great flavors available. They pop up with limited time flavors all the time. And also they have their staples like mint brownie and cherry barcia and peanut butter brownie and all those delicious ones that I've talked about for years now on the podcast. Go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. That is the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. And I'll tell you, if you can find the caramel almond on the website, buy it today and send them to me because I'm running out and they're the very, very best and I want them back. Bring them back full time. Please, Built Bar. Go to Built.com. Promo code LOCKED15. And today's show is brought to you by our pals over at BetOnline.ag, who would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue the march towards the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. That's a new year, and you've got a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up at today and receive a 50% welcome bonus upon your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON, all one word, to get started. It means you put in 100 bucks, use that promo code, an extra 50 bucks just magically appears in your account. That is a wonderful deal from football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. You can even vote on things like like or bet on things like uh like European basketball and handball and stuff like that. If you really feel like testing your luck, bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online is where the game starts. All right, we have reached the dude of the game, which is a lovely segment we do here on the podcast. If you are unfamiliar with the dude of the game, if you're a new listener to the podcast, this is a segment where we give a shout out to someone who was very important to the Raptors in either a winning or losing effort, who maybe wasn't the star of the show, but was very important and did dude-like things nonetheless. As it happens, sometimes the dude is going to be a star because there's just no one else to pick. And so I'm picking for Friday's game against the Pistons, an ugly, terrible game that no one should ever remember. The dude of the game is Pascal Siakam, who had 23 points, 11 boards, 4 assists, and really was the only guy that got anything going. 
the Vec, is this a uh, rightful due to the game for that very, very terrible Pistons game that will never be talked about beyond this segment? Yeah, I mean, unless you want to give it to Dwayne Casey. That, <laughs> those, would be, those would be the two options. I mean, yeah, I think uh, Pascal kind of, you know, there wasn't really anything happening in the half court without him. Uh, so yeah. uh, I think that's a fair enough shout. He's obviously on a roll. Um, yeah, the tank was empty for most guys. Like, you know, <laughs> Fred, Fred teased a, a little bit, you know, when they made that run uh, to cut it down to what was it, you know, 12 or 13. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it just ballooned back up to 20. And I was like, all right. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, not the best. I, I got to ask you, this has been, it's going to, it's maybe just like a normie question at this point, but it's been a conversation. And I think it's going to continue to be one for the next couple of weeks here until the all star teams are decided. Pascal is unquestionably playing all star level basketball right now. I don't think there's any debate about that. He's playing arguably all NBA level basketball right now. He missed the 10 games at the start of the season. He missed the two games for COVID. He hasn't played quite as many games as anybody else. I feel like that probably shouldn't matter as much this season because who cares? It's the fake season. Everyone's missed a ton of time because of everything. But do you think Pascal Siakam has a case for the All-Star game? And and in particular, with Kevin Durant going down with injury, does that open up a forward spot potentially for Pascal to slide in there? Because I don't know if I could name that many guys playing better basketball than Siakam in the front court in an Eastern Conference team this season. Yeah, as much as I love the way Pascal is playing, I just don't see it. Uh, I yeah. think when you look at the teams that will be getting two All-Stars, uh, it's Chicago, it's Brooklyn, you know, obviously KD will be removed, uh, mm-hmm. depending on where his injury is at. Uh, I wouldn't totally rule it out, because what we're looking at, Feb 18th? Probably mm-hmm. out. Um, Feb 20th, I think. Uh, but anyway, uh, I think, uh, you know, Milwaukee will probably get, uh, Giannis and Drew Holiday. So, Mm -hmm. uh, I think it would be very, very hard to see the Raptors getting two all-stars. That's basically the, the uh, argument that rules out Siakam. So obviously it has nothing to do with the way he's playing. Um, I just find it very, very difficult to validate two all-stars for the Raptors. As I would uh, find, like, you know, if, if you want to be, you know, really objective about it, do you think Charlotte deserves two All-Stars? No. Do you think Boston <laughs> deserves two All-Stars? No. Do you think, you know, Washington deserves two All-Stars? No. So why why would Toronto, right? Um, yeah. I, you know, if anything, I, I see, you know, the door opening for someone like Garland just because, uh, you know, if Adam Silver has to name an injury replacement and yeah. the game's in Cleveland, yeah, you've got Jared Allen there. You probably throw Darius Garland in there. Yeah, and like the, I would imagine it's pretty guard heavy this year. Like Lamelo Ball might be kind of on the fringe. Maybe he gets in if Durant's not there. It, that's it makes sense. Let me ask you this: If Pascal had been playing this way from the very beginning of the season, with no uh, ten games off the start of the year, none of that sort of four or five game lead in time where he was still kind of testing the waters, who's the all star? Pascal Siakam or Fred VanVleet? Yeah, it's Pascal Siakam. I think. Uh, Again, when Pascal is going like this, it's 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 very clear to me who the best player on the team is. It's very clear to me who sort of changes the ceiling, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Like, I would say, 
you know, Pascal can have a night like he had against the Bucks, and Fred can be pretty good, and you're beating the Bucks. Yeah, I don't think it can be the other way around, right? Yeah. So, uh, or I don't think they can beat the Bucks with it being the other way around. So, um, <clears throat> so I think that's where you know Pascal, I think, has that respect. And then, as you said, you know, it's still. Uh, comes down to the competition. And so if you if Pascal was playing like this right from the very beginning, you look at the front court options for the East, that's where it's easier to uh, make the case for Pascal uh, than it is for Fred because of how stacked the guards are. Yeah, either way, it's one of them good problems. Oh no, we have yeah. too many guys who are deserving of all-star consideration. What are we ever going to do? Uh, we're going to get to the do of the game. Yeah. What's one up? very quick thing is, you know, I hope when the coaches vote, that they do keep in mind that even though DeRozan is voted in as a guard, he is a forward. Yeah. And realize that, okay, there's room for the extra guard because that forward is in the starting lineup, you know? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. There will, uh, I mean, there's plenty of time to ruminate over All-Star in the coming weeks. I just thought that was an interesting uh, question for you. A little parlor game. Uh, let's round it out with the due to the game for the game against the Milwaukee Bucks. Of course, a wonderful, wonderful victory. You could give it to Pascal Siakam for this one, probably. I mean, the dude was ridiculous. The dude carried the team in the fourth quarter. He was just like uh, all-encompassing. The pass he hit uh, Justin Champagny with for that big three that Champagny hit was just like beautiful this is the fully realized version of pascal siakam and it's delightful and beautiful and wonderful uh but it's not going to be pascal because he was just too damn all-encompassing to be a dude in this game uh let's go with however precious achua for due to the game against the bucks uh 14 points 10 rebounds he played incredible non-stop 39 39 consecutive minutes of defense essentially against Giannis Antetokounmpo. He was outstanding. Uh, overall thoughts on Precious Achua's performance on Saturday to earn him due to the game. Yeah, it's just a very important factor in the win. Uh, you know, obviously there's going to be those frustrating plays on offense. That's kind of part part of the package and the Precious experience. We, we saw those <laughs> first couple minutes where it was a whole lot of Precious. Um, and it was like, oh boy. The offense can be uh, troublesome. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah. But then... You know, you look at him taking on the challenge of defending Giannis, and I think there's nothing more you can ask for from a big, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. his ability to stay in front of not only guys like Giannis, but even when, you know, we see it plenty of times where he's switched on to guards on the perimeter and he's able to stay in front. Like that is a huge part of the Raptors defense being successful for mm-hmm. whatever uh, amount of minutes he gets. And I think his ability to do that uh, is uh very unique uh, at his size um and then obviously you know he gives you the rebounds uh it gives you the hustle you know hopefully he's struck that comfort zone um mm-hmm. in terms of what he offers the team defensively and then offensively you know i think it's just going to be a slow and steady process of like weaning out the bad stuff and um just yeah I mean, it, it's it's encouraging that some of the offensive stuff is just like, hey, just do less, right? Like yeah. When you get the offensive board, just like kick it out and yeah. let the guys who usually handle it, handle it. 
Yeah, they they must have instituted, or they must at some point institute some sort of jar into which he pays if he makes a, a silly decision upon an offensive rebound. Um, maybe Justin Champagny has to be thrown into that as well. Although Champagny's not so much bad decisions as it is just he gets keep getting the ball knocked out of his hands on those offensive rebounds. Um, but either way, he, very deserving. Really glad to see Precious kind of coming back around into form here. And really, it doesn't take much for his offense to be good enough to justify having him on the floor for his defense because he's so damn good at that end. Like, he can shoot you out of a game, for sure. He can get really silly with it and become a big problem. But when he's not doing that and he's playing within himself and he's getting the luck of an odd bank in and stuff like that once in a while, um, he becomes a, a pretty valuable piece to have it on the floor. And uh, the defense is bloody tantalizing. I, 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 like, let's sort of take this to a bigger picture thing, right? The Raptors right now are the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference. There's a world in which the Raptors take on the Bucks in a first-round series, whether it's they win the play-in and it's a 2-7, whether it's a 1-8, whatever it might be. It could be a 3-6, I suppose, in some cases. Do you think the Raptors pose a particularly difficult test for this Bucks team? Obviously, they're the defending champions. They would be heavy favorites in any series against the Raptors, but... The Raptors have always defended Giannis pretty well. OG has always been a pretty good piece to throw at him. Siakam, obviously, is an extra body. And now they have Scotty Barnes, and they have Precious Achua, and they have Kem Birch, who I think can kind of do a lesser version of the Gasol, just wait at the rim for him type of thing. Like, do you think the Raptors would be like a team that the Bucks are like, you know what? Not for us. It's been five straight wins over Milwaukee dating back to that that stretch last season where they won back-to-back against them, and it looked like the Raptors were going to be the four seed, and then COVID hit and ruined the season. That was kind of the last high point. But as far as how this Raptors-Bucks matchup looks, are the Raptors a team the Bucks do you think would be terrified of because of the options, or is it we're the Bucks, we can beat anybody, it doesn't really matter to us. This might just be like a slightly bigger speed bump to get over. Yeah, so I, I lean towards the latter. It's a bigger speed bump uh, mm-hmm. compared to the other teams in that lower echelon of the Eastern Conference. Uh, and I actually think they might view it as ideal prep for uh, a, a Brooklyn Nets series in terms of what they might see uh, defensively, where right. you know Brooklyn is going to try and switch everything, and they're going to have uh you know smaller guys playing the five uh they might have kd playing the five uh more often than not uh, and so uh i think it would be good prep for what they might see in that series uh defensively so uh i think i think they'll take it on and say yeah okay this is kind of what we need uh to get set for something like that um obviously you know Miami with Bam, uh, Chicago with Vucevic. Those would be very different challenges, but I think they would look at Brooklyn and say, okay, this is kind of a nice prep. Uh, I I don't think the Raptors would have a chance going up against a healthy Bucks team uh, with Drew Holiday in the mix as well. Uh, Because Giannis, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Like he just keeps getting better. Like you look at his passing now as well. Like that's, that's gone up another notch and, as uh, as our pal Joe Wolfon noted when Giannis was going like 13 of 13 from the line on Saturday, it, it, this is some happy's learned how to putt shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And yeah. yeah, he's he's literally uh, Superman right now. And 
uh, you know, come the playoffs again, he's going to have that swagger, that confidence uh, that he gained from winning those finals. And yeah, the Bucks. Look, when it comes down to it in the playoffs, like you are going to have to take it from Milwaukee. Right? Yeah, like that is going to be a really, really tough team to beat. Yeah, it's weird because like. I would like to see the Raptors play either the Heat or the Bulls in the playoffs just for like the juicy narrative num-nums. But also, and like I know that they probably had to have a better chance of beating those teams in surprising it into the second round. But something really like tickles my fancy about the idea of the Raptors just really annoying the Bucks for six games. Like that seems fun to me. I don't know. We'll, 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 we can revisit that as we get closer and the playoff matchups become a little bit less sort of a, like a total guessing game. But uh, I think that's a pretty good place to leave this one off. We've covered lots of ground. Very exciting times. The Raptors are pretty good and they have uh, a pretty uh, challenging rest of the week to go. They take on the Heat tonight. No Kyle Lowry, very sadly. It's a big bummer for the Heat tonight. Um, but they'll play Miami nonetheless. And they get the Mavericks on Wednesday, the Wizards on Friday. There's a whole lot to dig into. Vivek Jacob, thanks for being here, man. Do you have anything you'd like to promote? Usual stuff. Raptors.com, CBC Sports. Uh, just uh, did a long-form feature that's out on uh, Paul Poirier and uh, Piper Gilles who will be competing in ice dancing at the winter olympics Hell uh, yeah. is also from rockford uh, and then moved over to canada and repre- represents canada now and so uh, next time i see fred i'm gonna have to you know <laughs> have that question his way yeah you know, how, how long before figure skating, figure skating talk what are his thoughts on uh, uh oh, God, i could name you know, another one keegan messing <laughs> I, I just mean in terms of repping canada Oh yeah! Hey, oh there's, right. There's, there's someone here that uh, was from was born in there's Rockford, an established but now pipeline. Canada. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not bad. I mean, Fred Fred's Junior will be able to compete for Canada, right? Is that that's the whole like the the racket of having a sports team in Toronto? The goal is that 25 years after you've launched it, you have a bunch of guys who have had kids in town, and then mm. they're all citizens. This is the Vladimir Guerrero Jr. thing, of course, uh, yeah. who is Canadian, even though he's not Canadian at all, like never lived here or anything like that. Just happened yeah. to be born here, and thus has that passport, baby. Uh, anyway, everyone go check out Big V's Olympic stuff. We love Olympic V over here. That's all coming up very soon. It's quite exciting. Uh, you can find me, of course, at Woodley Sean. You can subscribe to or follow the podcast wherever you get your podcasts and all the different apps. You can subscribe on YouTube. It's very appreciated as well. And you're going to be back tomorrow, Big V, as we are, wait, Wednesday? Yeah, Wednesday you'll be back as we're going to do a half-season check-in on our over-under predictions from before the season with Vec and Sahal Abdi. That'll be your Wednesday podcast. Tomorrow we're going to break down Raptors Heat of of course, Thursday, we are going to break down Raptors Mavericks. And then at the end of the week, to close it all out, Samson Folk is going to join me. And he's going to talk about his wonderful piece on Scotty Barnes, which is getting lots of love across the internet over the last few days, as it should, because Samson rocks and really, really, really tries to be good at his job, which is something that is uh, very commendable and awesome. So <laughs> we will uh, talk to Samson about Scotty on Friday. Until then, though, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be back again tomorrow with another episode of Locked on Raptors. Enjoy Raptors heat. Bye-bye. Hey, Prime members. 
You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.